0: Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's episode of Women's Sports Matter, I just wanted to talk about a few things before we get into it. Number one, this episode is from last Thursday's live stream in which Thomas Costello and I talked about everything going on with the Yates investigation, as well as the E60 documentary, Truth Be Told. We discussed those things. And mainly the Chicago Red Stars stuff from the Yates investigation. Um, I'm just going to say a very basic content warning. We don't go into, um, I guess, the real disgusting details of everything. But if you don't want to hear anything about the Yates investigation or the documentary, I would say it's okay to skip this episode. Um, unfortunately, this is the only episode I'll be doing on this topic unless more stuff comes out about it. Like, today on the day I'm recording this, October 10th, more information came out from Orlando with Amanda Cromwell and Sam Green being fired, effective immediately. And, you know, the Sydney LaRue tweets and comments... Um, about Orlando itself. So there's a lot of stuff going on there, and if there is more information in that situation, we will do reporting on it. Um, But until then, we're gonna wait a little bit to talk about that. Um, So yeah, so this episode is the live stream from last Thursday, And we're posting it on here. I'm not reposting it on YouTube because that's the video of it. So, if you want to watch the full live stream, there you go. Um, In this episode, I'm very frustrated with Arnim Whistler. I have beef with Arnim Whistler. Not afraid to say that, (laughs) which it it just seems weird to say, but I, I have beef with him. And Today, also October 10th, the Red Stars players released a statement saying that Arnhem lied to them. And they are, um, you know, basically excited that the board of directors is has removed him from there and are facilitating a, sell, a sale of the team. And Vicki Lynch stepped down today as well. A lot of NWSL stuff happening today before this episode is released um, that has to do with the Yates investigation and um, the coaching carousel, we'll call it. So I wanted to provide some of that information before, you know, we get into the episode. Um, what else is there? Um, the goth, one of the Gotham owners is stepping back because he was involved with the hiring of Christy Holly. And Amanda Cromwell is still a part owner of Angel City FC as of today. So much information. I hope I'm not missing anything. Mike Ernst is taking over uh, Vicki Lynch's position. And so a lot of people like that from what I'm seeing. I hear he's a great guy. And um, he made a tweet earlier today about how he's ready for the role and protecting the players, all that stuff. Louisville players released a statement a few days ago. Um, A lot of Louisville players have been speaking out about stuff that has happened. So, if you haven't seen that, check that out. I have been retweeting a bunch of that stuff, posting on Instagram stories. If you want to stay updated with what's going on with the NWSL right now, make sure you're following on Twitter at WSportsMatter and following on Instagram. But like I said, I'm not going to do another episode on this unless I find it completely necessary because while recently my content has been heavily soccer-related... I don't want it to seem like this is a soccer podcast. This is Women's Sports Matter. It's covering a bunch of other sports. Um so I'm going to move into that soon. But I'm trying to I'm trying to think what else do you need to know before this episode gets started. I I think that's it for now. Um But like I said, I just wanted to record this before um the episode before you listen to the episode, just a the little rundown of everything that's, that has happened. Um, yeah. Thank you again, Nick Thomas, for being in this live show with me and being a guest on the podcast again. Thank you to everyone that listened to the live show when it was happening. Um, and if you haven't had the chance to watch the live, well, you can listen to it now. And um, I do cuss a lot, <laughs> um, and I'm proud of it. But I, I have a little tangent on the red stars, and if you want a summarized video of that, you can head over to the um, W Sports Matter page on Twitter because I posted it there. But regardless of that, just know that myself and the entire Women's Sports Matter. Uh, Podcast Network supports the players and believes the players. Uh, players come first. Um, and if you want to know a way to support the players and not support the team itself, you can donate to the NWSL Players Association or the Black Women's Players Collective, which I have links down below. Alright, thank you for listening to my six, maybe seven minutes spiel, depending on how long I keep talking for. Shout out to Thomas Costello of Bryant and me for being in this episode, and yeah, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, my email is linked down below, and you can DM me on Twitter, because my DMs are, in fact, open. Please enjoy this episode, which is my live stream from last Thursday. Thank you so much for being a Women's Sports Matter listener. Enjoy today's episode.
1: The return up for Polo leaves
0: it off. Here's Mirahem. In the box. The shot goes. She set the record. Hey everyone. My name is Sabria Whitaker and I'm the founder of Grow the Game. Erica Piancastelli here, Tokyo 2021 Olympian. This is Carly Jackson, professional goaltender for the Buffalo Buttes. Hey
1: everyone, this is Connor Moore, the social media manager of the Chicago Sky. For the first time-
0: You are now listening to Women's Sports Matter. Women's Sports Matter, hosted by Gianna Belcastro. A
1: red tail football wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Exile.
0: And welcome to a live edition of Women's Sports Matter. My name is Gianna Castro. I am your host. And joining me here tonight is one half of the BAM fam, Thomas Costello. We are going to be talking about NWSL stuff, unfortunately. Thomas, I feel like every time we chat, it's always about something bad happening in the National Women's Soccer League.
2: Yeah, it's been... Um, a a tough couple of days just getting a lot more details than we've heard in the last year you mentioned it's been a year since the initial athletic article that kind of started the well it didn't start it was kind of the exclamation point on all right we're not going to play we're going to take back the league that really feels like hasn't been theirs since it started so it's been, um, a little bit uh, of a tumultuous time. And I know a lot of it's hard for, for folks to just reading the details of the Yates report that we'll talk about. And, um, it's always important to take care of yourself when you're, when you're looking through that stuff. So we're not, um, I'm not planning on getting any graphic details yeah. about any of this stuff. We just, it's good to come together and talk to each other outside of 280 characters and get our thoughts and just kind of discuss it with people who um, you respect their opinions and getting to to hear what ha- they have to think about everything that's going on right now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit what tonight's live stream is going to look like. Um, but first yeah. I'd like to put out there for everyone that is watching on Twitter and YouTube, if you want to, Type in the chat if you're on YouTube or if you are watching on Twitter. If you want to type in the replies, if you have questions, comments, opinions, you want to vent, you can put it out there. We're going to talk about as much as we can, um, but not in graphic detail, like Thomas had said. Um, here's a little rundown of what's going on tonight, and I'm stealing this from you, Thomas. Of course, a little <laughs> rundown. I usually don't, no, I usually don't have plans for my episodes. Um, but tonight's a little different. Our first thing we're going to be chatting about is, you know, our general thoughts of everything that has happened since the beginning of the week. Then we're going to move into truth be told. And then we're going to move into the, I don't even know how many pages of the Yates investigation, which is the main topic of the evening. Also the NWSL team statements, as well as uh, things, players, and um, former players coaches have said um, anyone involved in the in the media things like that, and then um if you have questions we'll also mix those in there um but Thomas, if you want to start with your overall thoughts of just everything that has gone down this week
2: yeah it's the eighth report went into like said detail about stuff that we've already kind of heard. It talked about Portland it talked about all the reporting that Meg Linehan and the folks at the Athletic did, it talks about stuff that was going on with Chicago and uh, Molly from the Washington Post, who had that article go out the day after the NWSL title game, just you know hours after Rory Dames was allowed to resign. And a lot of the stuff for Chicago and Portland was, it's always tough to read, but a lot of that was, okay, now we're finding out what was right and what was wrong, what was a lie from Mary Paulson, from Arnhem Whistler, what was the truth? And getting into the granular detail there was, I think it was important. It was difficult. I, I think the toughest part just for me personally was the racing Louisville part of it. I'm not a racing Louisville fan. I, I'm not a supporter of them. I covered the so last year. I've been covering soccer for over three years and Last year, I was doing stuff with the team. I was writing articles uh, that went onto the team website, interviewing players, everything with Christy Holly when he was hired last year. Depending on the Twitter that you choose to follow and the timeline that you have, there was always murmurs about, okay, well, Christy Holly's had, he's done bad stuff before. Why is this person coaching? Why is this going on? And that was, it kind of came to light whenever he was quietly let go. Um, That was difficult. But hearing the detail there, reading the detail in the Yates report, Um going in and I, I read a lot of the companion pieces for it. I don't have a lot of time to go through the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of the Yates report. But to see the graphic detail of what Christy Holly did, especially to Aaron Simon, who was the person who came forward and spoke about it. Like I had interviewed Aaron last year for Beyond Women's Sports, and I did an article about just. Her coming back from England, uh, playing overseas, coming back here, and just knowing at the time that could have been happening—it's—it's it's disgusting. It's just awful. And being and just over even the last year, not a relationship like on social media. I'll congratulate her when she moved back to England. Congratulations and all this stuff that's going on and having a, at least a small enough relationship to say hi or get a response from somebody like after the interview it was really awesome being able to talk to her and just seeing this was like I almost felt guilt (laughs) I didn't I was not part of any of this stuff I didn't do anything like that I was somebody who loves the league and wants to cover it and helps wants to help amplify it as much as I could and seeing that somebody that I interacted with was just like I felt awful for her and I felt just like on one side horrible but on the other side the strength to come forward and be able to share those details and be able to give that uh to the eights investigation that it's unbelievable and now seeing the cover-up that went into louisville especially um and seeing that portland and chicago we hear about these things happening years and years ago we hear about the main items happening years and years ago the main things that people have been discussing and um not to say there hasn't been abuse since then but In 2021, this is happening last year. This is as recent as last year. These awful things that we think, oh, my gosh, they've been under wraps for years are happening under supporters' noses. As they're, you know, going into the bubble and as they're, you know, protesting with the rest of America after the George Floyd murders, after they're going after all these social justice things, behind the scenes, there's still people abusing players. And it just that was what kind of tipped me over the edge personally, because there's so much about like Arnhem and on the Brian Me account, we have a podcast and we joke around a lot, but everything about that has been serious. We we haven't been wanting to amplify the team itself because we don't want to give money. We don't want to support Arnhem. And but that over months, you know, we're watching the matches and we're tweeting the matches and we're not interacting with the team. We're not doing interviews of players, we're not like amplifying their message at all. But Seeing that on the doorstep of the playoffs, it's like i i don't want to watch <laughs> I don't want to watch the league anymore and it it's painful because I want to support the players and I want to be able to watch the matches and cheer for them and talk about them but i knowing who it goes to, it just kind of reaffirmed a lot of things at least in the Chicago world in the Portland world where unless there's massive changes unless there's overhauls to the extent that they did to um, the Utah Royals and Utah uh, Real Salt Lake, excuse me, ownership. If that doesn't happen, it's hard to follow the league. And it's hard to imagine the league staying on its upward trajectory. It's been on for the last year or two.
0: Yeah. I'm How just, about you? I, I've had a wacky uh, past few days. I remember – um when the investigation had uh, come out, and you know people are already posting screenshots of it, and it's just like it's a lot. Um, I was not prepared to read what I was reading about. Even the first, the the table of contents was like, this is a lot already. Um,
2: and it's only three teams. It's only focusing on three teams. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy.
0: But I don't know as. Is someone that has been covering, BMW Cell for like two or three years now. I, I don't know. I just I think about um, the players that I have interviewed and um, the people that I interact with online, and it's like, well, I just I hope they're okay. That's the bottom line. Is I hope they're doing well. Even reading the stuff about Chicago, I've interviewed multiple Chicago players. Um, not once have I asked them about any of this stuff because I don't think that is my job to do that. Um, it, it's not my place to do that. Um, especially right now as everything is ongoing. Um, I don't even know if, like, I just worry about, like, are they comfortable enough to talk about that? Um, which they probably aren't. But I think an interesting thing that I'll point out of, um, Instagram stories from Red Stars players in particular. I don't know if you've noticed those at all. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the players have been posting um, a post or a, a, a quote from Becky Sauerbrunn and Megan Rapinoe. Um, I'm not going to say which players, um, but just basically saying, you know, Arnhem's and, and Merritt aren't fit to be team owners. Um, get all the bad people out of there. So they're saying stuff without typing it out um we're not going to hear from the players and probably until the nwslpa investigation is done which we don't even know when that's going to be finished up Uh, it could be the end of the year it could be next year we don't know um but just like going back to what you had said about um like, all that stuff happening with Aaron Simon. Like, reporting your abuser is hard. It's not an easy task. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And so, you know, I commend every single person that, you know, reported these people. Um, and, you know, just reading all those things, it, it's tough. So, shout out to them, honestly, for, you know, saving other people from these abusers um that's all i gotta say uh generally speaking
2: yeah and then to the point about like instagram stories over the last few months even before the yates report went live even seeing players liking stuff on twitter yeah um, i know that like we've posted stuff about rm being out and we've seen Responses We've seen, like, not not actual replies, but we've seen mm-hmm. support from people on the field. And it's... When you have the players like Aaron and like uh, Mana and like Sinead and everybody who's come forward and like Kaya and everybody who's shared their experiences, it's gotten us to this point. Um, Kristen Press also. And I'm sure there, there's a whole list of names that we probably don't even know. All of that. Snowballs to give more people the motivation to speak up and say what's wrong, and I think you're seeing players now on a on a public level sharing like you said, but Becky Sabra and Megarinoo's words about you need to get these owners out of the league completely, and hopefully that's a sign that that's something that's realistically going to happen because we're going to talk about the statements later, but you're starting to see a little bit of A domino effect a little bit about some folks losing their positions but the people in the total ownership are still are still safe they're still benefiting from everything they're still getting financial reward for whatever their teams happen to do in the playoffs and whatever happens to you know if they have tv deals and stuff like that they're still benefiting from so as long as they're in those spots it's It's tough, but seeing those players speak out now is hopefully, like I said, a sign of good things to come in that regard.
1: Yes.
0: So now we're going to move on to Truth Be Told, which Mm. for people that are listening and don't know what that is, I'll do a brief explanation. Truth Be Told is an E60 documentary produced by ESPN talking about everything that has gone on in the past year with the NWSL. And all the abuse stuff. Um, the main focal point of the E60 documentary is um, Mana Shim's story. And um, we'll get into that later. It also talks a little bit about the history of women's professional soccer in the United States. And so I'm going to go through that really quickly because I did take some notes and I was like, why is this being talked about? It matters. Um, so the first thing we saw or start off with is the 99ers. The 99ers are the Women's World Cup team, the U.S. Women's National team. Um, they won the World Cup. And, um, when they showed that, I was like, oh, they're showing all these people from way back when, which apologies. <laughs> to you, Thomas. That's ages. That's ages. That's
2: okay. <laughs> no, it's fine.
0: Um, talking about, um, you know, just how great that team was and, and how they inspired the next generation. Uh, that's something that Manishim had mentioned. Um, and then Breakthrough for Women's Sports, a quote from Billie Jean King. And then it dives into the foundation of the WUSA, which featured some of the stars from the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, uh, and then that folded three years later. And then the same thing happened with the WPS. And then we get to the NWSL, which was created by U.S. Soccer. And in this documentary, it was justified that these players were making $6,000. Um, Well, that was the minimum salary. And then with that being mentioned in that documentary was the poverty line at the time was $11,500. So they were making way below the poverty line. And... It simply wasn't enough. Um, so then it talks a little bit more about the founding teams of the league and you know, some of the coaches and, and all that. Um, but I'm just going to talk about some of the things that I noticed in the documentary. And then, uh, Thomas, you can respond and then yeah. talk about some of the stuff that you noticed. I think the biggest thing for me was appearances um, by some players. Some of them didn't make sense uh some of them just made a fool out of themselves and by the some of them I mean two of them um and I one thing that I didn't write down but I would like to say is really interesting is the inclusion of the documentary clips from when North Carolina had a camera crew around showing all the clips of Paul Riley um and like how he was acting how he was coaching all that because I was confused of why he was in it if, when I knew that he wasn't um, going to be a part of the documentary. I was like, oh, I didn't know they had a camera crew uh, follow the courage around for a season. So that was interesting. Um, in terms of key quotes, I have two written down. First one is Aubrey Kingsbury, who is a goalie for the Washington Spirit. Talking about how we knew the league was fragile, which, uh, yes, I agree 100%. And it's still currently uh, fragile, maybe even a better term, could be used for that. And then uh, Richie Burke, former Washington Spirit coach, mm-hmm. using cancel culture uh, mm-hmm. when talking about why he was fired. Okay, we got it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other things I noticed, Andy Sullivan, I, I wish I was a body language expert just so I could figure out what was going on with her. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about Andy Sullivan, by the way. I'm an, I'm an Andy Sullivan fan, okay? One of my favorite NWSL players by far. I just, I don't understand what her words exactly brought to the discussion and this documentary.
1: She didn't, she didn't want to, want to be, be there.
0: there. I don't understand no. why she agreed to be a part of it. Um, it it didn't make sense. I did like the inclusion of Kingsbury because I thought it brought something to the table. Same thing with uh, Tori Huster. but Andy Sullivan. I I don't understand. Um, and Monashim actually telling her story instead of uh, just reading the words from the athletic article it was really um powerful. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and fuck Lisa Baird, <laughs> and fuck Richie Burke. Sorry for the cussing, but it's necessary. Um, Lisa Baird, she would do really well on an episode of like Law and Order or something. I feel like she could play a character on there really well, just based off of based off of her body language and how she was acting. Mm, no, I I didn't recall seeing. Seeing an email about that shows the receipts, yeah. But but all she did in not all,
2: want to be there. She no, did not want to be there.
0: No. But all in all, not much new information. Um, and yeah, your turn.
2: Um, yeah. Whenever they advertise this, you know, ESPN thirty for thirty document, not thirty for thirty, e sixty, excuse me, e sixty investigation. When I first saw the advertisement for it. And I saw that they interviewed Richie Burke and I saw that Lisa Baird was on it. And no offense to just my own knowledge of it. I like whenever I saw like Merritt Mathias there and whenever yeah. I saw other players there, I was like, what? Like I see Monashim there and Alex Morgan was there and they were, seemed to be key players in that athletic article and stuff. But how, how did it fit together? And I honestly, I didn't want to hear what Richie Burke had to say. I didn't <laughs> want to hear what Lisa Baird had to say. Um, And then when they delayed it, if you don't remember, for folks who are listening or watch this later on, they delayed the release of this was to come out what a month and a half ago, maybe Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit longer than that. But I think with the Yates report pending, they they put a pause on it, which I then thought, okay, are you going to add more substance to it from that report? If you didn't watch the whole thing, anything about the Yates report is the final two minutes of the episode and their bullet points. Pretty much of what happened. I, I thought that the, the investigation was a lot for, I would say folks who don't know anything about the NWSL. I think their audience is for folks who are also learning about what the NWSL is. To that extent though, when you said they went through the history, I thought there were really good parts to it. I, I think the beginning hearing how much they were paid, I, I, folks knew that players weren't getting paid a lot, especially when the league Started just until what the January 1st of 2022 and they got the collective bargaining agreement um, agreed to tentatively. Even then, that moved them up to what 30 some thousand as the minimum Things pay. Like
1: 35.
2: 35 now. Well, we always knew the pay was little, but to see the perspective of okay, these other leagues had folded and this league is going to happen and we're going to they're not getting paid a lot. You could kind of see where they were setting up the. I'm going to do whatever I can to keep my job and I'm going to do whatever I can to play professional soccer. And so hearing Miles talk about it, hearing Merritt Mathias and being part of it and just hearing her, uh, her involvement and her thoughts and being a, a teammate, I thought that, um, I thought she, it was amazing hearing her perspective on it. I thought it was great seeing her on there. I know we talked about it before here, but like Simone Charlie, I don't know why. Um, so she was on there, Andy Sullivan, some other players who maybe had a line or two, but um, I, I can see what they were trying to do. Bring in maybe players from Portland, bring in players from Washington, bring in players from North Carolina outside of Matthias. I think two other North Carolina players, it was mostly Meredith Washington. Beck. Oh, Beck, thank you. Um, it was mostly Washington players. It was mostly them. Cause I think that was the only firing that was focused in the video that didn't have an ongoing investigation. So there's no Chicago athletes. Kristen Press declined to be interviewed. Rory Dames declined to be interviewed. Um, I think Artem, I don't know if they mentioned him by name, but I'm assuming he declined to be interviewed. Um, Anybody who was pending investigation, it cut a lot of that out. So if you didn't read the athletic article, let's say you're behind the paywall and you didn't want to read it and you didn't, you're just, I'm going to learn from the tweets. It was really great to get that athletic article and hearing from Mana herself. And then seeing the fallout uh, with like the Alex Morgan tweets, especially hearing that it wasn't simply just her, which is still a- an amazing thing. Like she has such a platform and it was obviously the tipping point that got Lisa Baird out of there. But hearing that it was a unified front and it was the lawyers and, and, and Monica and, and her, and they're working together. Like what's the best way to get this out there? I, 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 I appreciated seeing that. I appreciate seeing some of that stuff, but um the Richie Burke interview saying cancel culture and acting like I didn't do, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, the fact that they hired a youth coach to hire, to coach NWSL side shows everything about Steve Baldwin. The stories that they had about Richie Burke, um were just ridiculous. I don't know why interviewing him. He's like, Oh, I yelled at players. Like, Oh, is that, what's wrong with that? He just, there's no empathy from him. Lisa Baird, even then, they ask Lisa Baird, did you know anything about this, you know, Shim, all the details of it, where Alex Morgan calls her out on blast. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier. She trips over her words, too. Like, she gets stuck because she's like, oh, well, I that happened five years before I got here. But she doesn't mention that she was emailed about it. She doesn't mention that Mona reached out and said, hey, can we talk? I want to share information about this because he's still coaching. He's still in the league. The player, the people that are, were part of this from front offices are still in all their positions of power. Lisa Bear pretty much turned it into, oh, well, I took, a, ac- I took accountability in the, in the response because, uh, commissioner has to do that. But she didn't admit any personal wrongdoing. It just, uh, it was a bummer. It, a lot of it was a bummer to me seeing some of this stuff. Um, and I'm in pitch black now. It, uh, <laughs> I, I probably could have... I'm glad I watched it. It's not going to be something I'll watch again. Uh, I think that the reporting done by Molly, reporting done by The Athletic, I think that's going to stand kind of the test of time better than this documentary will. Yeah. 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 So, I'm going to sit here in the dark.
0: And you're not going to fix your lighting situation? No. You're just going to... Okay.
2: It might be creepy, but if I turn on the ring light, it's going to go mad. Like, I'm going to be like super white which is i'm already (laughs) i'm already
0: yeah i had to lower the the setting on my ring light um i have some great comments on youtube from felix
2: oh gosh all right go ahead and share i'm gonna turn my video off for just a second i'm still here okay
0: two two of the comments are um hey all is it okay to say that i want to do bad things to our burke legally i'm gonna say that's up to you pal I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> um, and for the next one, he said also wanted to throw my drink at the TV like an NFL fan when L. Baird was on. Um, yes. Same.
2: Oh, hey, hi there.
0: It's not that
2: bad. I mean, it's Blair Witchy, but no, that's fine. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Blair Witch is an old movie, Gianna. I know. It was what an old is. horror movie. Okay. I, when I watched it to Felix, I also wanted to throw things at the at the television. So I, I feel for you there. Yeah.
0: Now we're yeah. gonna move on. to the, the worst thing I've ever read in the in my entire life, uh, my twenty years of life, um, the Yates investigation report. Mm.
1: Um,
0: I just want to say. Um, let's choose my words here nicely. Mm, Do I even want Arnhem? I'm going to talk about Arnhem. Um, I don't know enough about any other team. I'm too, I focus my time entirely on Chicago. Um, Mm. I've been an Arnhem hater for a year now. (laughs) And, it's a full-time job.
2: He hid for a there. while. He hid for a little bit. He was yeah. under the radar for a little bit. And I think until the, the Wolfsburg announcement, that was the first time you saw his name again yeah. in like a media release or a press release or something like that. Yeah, it's been, um, like you said, a full-time job. Great way to put it.
0: Um, I don't want to... I'm trying to think, how can I word, how can I word the things I want to say? Um, also Felix with my comments about Arbor go double for Arnhem. Thank you, Felix. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I want a job later in life. (laughs) I've made, (laughs) I've made comments about Arnhem before on live streams. I did it before. I think I called him an asshole. I think that's what I said. I think. My dream job a year ago was to work for the Red Stars. You know, I'm just going to... Story time. My dream a year ago was to work for the Red Stars. Um, Because I was looking up to Connor, my friend Connor Moore, um, who posted a thread um, a few days ago about how he can't go to SeatGeek for a while. Because of...
2: Can't even watch NWSL soccer. Can't
0: even watch NWSL. Um, So if if you want to read into that, you can go to his account and read it. Um, But I... Like, ever since I found out that there is a team in my state, I became obsessed because I was like, there's these people that are playing soccer, and soccer is my new favorite sport, and I, like, need to see what's going on with this. And so I watch games, and I tell people about it. I'm just, like, so excited, and, you know, it's like, oh, the dream, work for the Red Stars. Um I wish I could say that Dream is still a thing. Um, I don't hate a lot of people, but damn, do I hate Arnhem Whistler. And I'm not afraid to say that on a live stream. Um, I want to work for the Red Stars. Not under his ownership, I think. Is what I'll say. I'm such a huge fan of the Red Stars. I've interviewed four Red Stars players. If that doesn't say enough, I don't know what does. I've gone to games. I have merch. I have my hoodie hanging up in there. I didn't wear any Red Stars gear for seven months after that article came out about Rory Dames. Yeah. I changed my podcast. Um profile picture. I changed my personal account profile picture to the to the red star with the with the black background. I put the you knew header up. I I'm so frustrated um to see something like this happen in a space Where you're, you know, you're supposed to be inspiring the next generation of of women soccer players, and you know, showcasing the best of the best. Like you have freaking Alyssa Nair in goal. You have Mal Pugh. You have had Kristen Press. Not even like Kristen Press, you know, years ago, amazing, still amazing now, even though with with that ACL injury, like. Having th- these star talents on your team and just not giving them the time of day or treating them with respect. Um, like, losing players like Katie Naughton, like, that's still – Trading I'm, her I'm, away. I'm upset. Maria
2: Sanchez <laughs> trading her away.
0: Yeah. Like, losing Sarah Gordon this past um, – or an off season ago. Like, yeah. key players leaving because of two men – Maybe even more people that we don't know about. Um, what is what does that say f- for everything else? Like, where are you supposed to go from there? You, s- I, I look up to players on on this team because I, they're some of the most amazing people. Like, just getting to know a lot of the local people, people from you know close to my area. Um, like, seeing that people can can go from like some town in Illinois to a uh, to a professional team like that's so cool having you know seeing the line of of people like wanting to get autographs from these players like it's just it's such an amazing atmosphere but all that like happy emotion gets taken away when you really think about you know who's in charge and and who who was you know belittling the people that you're looking up to who have PTSD because of Rory Dames and have, you know, bad mental health because of their time in, in this organization. Um, it, it's just like so frustrating to, to think about. Um, and I just, I really feel for Connor. Like he has done a lot of amazing work for both the sky and the red stars. Um, and just to see someone have that kind of reaction, it, it's so tough. It, it really is so tough. It takes away, like, what sports are supposed to do for you. Um, like, I, the fact that I still want to work in the NWSL after all this, I don't know how, but I just want to be a part of the change. Uh, I see a lot of people that are, are like that too. Um, that, that want to be a part of that. Not going to go into the gross details. Um, but Arnim, freaking Whistler, hate your guts, hate you. Same for Rory Dames. Rory Dames should be in jail. Arnim Whistler, jail for you too. Um, I'm going to take a sip of water. Oh, that's ahead. fair.
2: Yeah. Um, no, thanks for sharing that. That's It's not easy. And I'm not in the same proximity to it. Uh We kind of watch from afar because we're kind of locked away from any cell side until Louisville came here, but uh three some hours away. But yeah, everything with Chicago. It, it, it goes down to owners who have been there from the beginning, Mary Paulson, Arnold Whistler, where they're putting money into the league early, hiring their friends, bringing their buddies in, and someone like Rory James who was a massive personality who controlled everything and wanted to have his control on everything. You have players like Kristen Press and you said, listen there and all these names that people aren't coming to the NWC to watch Rory James. People aren't coming to the NWSL to see Paul Riley or Christy Holly or Richie Burke or any coach, even now, even coaches that are in the league with good standing. No one is turning it on thinking, oh, I really want to watch that coach. You're there to watch the players. And I think that you when you have something like that, the fragility of someone like Rory James and the fragility of somebody like a Paul Riley who maybe maybe isn't getting enough attention. Maybe he wants to, you know, have his will with people because he's not getting enough of the notoriety himself. Maybe he's trying to subdue people. Maybe they're trying to subdue people because they're afraid of somebody else getting the spotlight. It's, it's, it's really disgusting and everything with Chicago. I, I've been thinking about, and I'd love to get your opinion on this too. What if the NWSL doesn't, doesn't make it through it? I think now more than ever, you have other avenues that could actually work. This is not like the beginning of, um, the ESPN documentary. This is not. You know, WSA, it's not WPS. This is not those situations. You have USL who's about to have a pro league. Now, they're supposed to be in the second tier, second division pro league. But they're going to start paying players uh, this next season, this next year. They're going to have women's teams that players are going to get a chance to play. At this point, if Arnhem doesn't sell, if Paulson doesn't sell, if the league doesn't make them sell, what's to stop you? Like, that that same – that same macho-ness that has caused you to abuse people and hide it and be a horrible person is going to be also the same reason that the money you've invested is going to go down the drain. It's going to go away because I think when you have a, a league like a USL, they could, they could see this as the opportunity to swoop in and say, Hey, yes, this is, we're, we're running a league now. This is an alternative to what you've seen so far. Um is that making it immune from issues that NW Cell has? No, not at all. But there has to be some huge changes. Arnhem can't stay. Merrick can't stay. With racing Louisville, and I don't know if uh, we're going to get into the, the responses, but it's been like a massive cover-up, telling their employees, don't say anything. In the AIDS report, we didn't even mention this, all three of the teams that they talked with, who in their me- uh, memos out to folks say, oh, we're going to, We're going to cooperate with this investigation. None of the three teams cooperated with the investigation. It took the Red Stars nine months to get them the documents that they requested. Nine months. Louisville was having uh, their uh, employees interviewed, but they told them not to say anything. They signed an NDA. When you have a coach requesting an NDA and you allow it to happen, first of all, what coach needs an NDA? A coach who's trying to hide something. It It's sickening. It, it just, the more I talk about it, the more frustrated I get about it. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I hate these people who have ruined something great for a lot of players, too. I I love watching, like, that match on, um, gosh, Sunday night against uh, Angel City. Angel City in Chicago. I loved watching it. It was great. It was fantastic. Seeing, you know, uh, seeing Chicago go up and win. And just seeing the, the passion the players had, seeing a ton of people inside Sea Geek Stadium, cause they don't get a lot of people coming out to Bridgeview all the time for those matches. Seeing it like that for a regular season match, it was like, oh man, I feel good about watching it again. And then Monday just completely wiped any positivity I felt. It's just gone. Like I, unless the NWCL makes huge changes. It's, it's hard to come back. It's hard to put investment in it when there's so much you can invest your time and money and energy and emotions in. And I, I know for years and years, I talk about the pay and how fans are like, okay, we can't afford for this league to go under at this point. Is it the worst thing in the world? If that happens, if you keep these people in power, I don't know. I, I don't know. Even if. Even if you go drastic, NWSL-wise, even if you go down teams, I know they're adding teams and they're growing more and more each year. Take Chicago and Portland out. Take, take these teams out of the league. Do your own relegation. <laughs> do your own, like, hey, if you can't comply with what we're going to do, if you can't sell your team, you're just out of the league. Will they do that? I don't think so. I think the money is too strong at this point. I think you have a lot of investors, but you see uh, Sarah Spain. She's been active on Twitter since it came out on Monday. It sounds like she can't even get a call back. and she's invested money into the team. I don't, it's now shining a light. Like how much are these like investors actually getting back? Are they, do they have any power? Can they do anything? Or is it just, hey, I, I gave some money, I invested it into a team, but that's about it. Like I, there's so many things up in the air now with this and the statements that we'll talk about, it, it's not even close to anywhere near the league has to be to start earning people's trust back.
0: The league cannot hold. And I am, am very strong in that opinion just because of the, um, Like, everything the players do receive, like, health insurance, housing siphons, just pay overall. Like, that's too much for it to be uh, – especially for people that are just out of college uh, or fringe players. They don't have, probably, access that some of the maybe, like, national team players do.
2: And now they're paying the national team players. Like, actually, now the NWCL teams are paying those players also. Yeah.
0: So, I don't think – the league. the league should avoid folding. Um, I personally, I've said this before, but I wouldn't love to see athletes unlimited do something with soccer. Um, I think they are the best sports league in the world because of everything they've done for their athletes. Um, the environment that they create the people that play on the different teams, um, community outreach, uh, partnering with different brands that are sustainable. Um, I just, I i would trust them 100% with a soccer league. Or even if they, you know, didn't necessarily do something within Athletes Unlimited and, and weren't a part of um, making an, another league that would probably be something. Um, But I, John and Jonathan over at Athletes Unlimited, huge fan of of what they've done for women's sports in the past three years. Um, AU softball has been extremely successful. Uh, So I, that's probably. um,
2: Would they be able to pay them? Like that's the problem too. Like talk about pay, like they can't. I don't think they can te they can pay somebody thirty some thousand dollars in maternity leave and the same stuff. Yeah. Like I, I feel like they're early enough in their in their life cycle, and I and I don't say folding like yeah, I, I'd welcome it. I, I don't think that it's the best thing. If it happened, I wouldn't be shocked in the NWSL, and I would hate it for every player who would be impacted by it. It's awful, and I I'm not one to want to take anybody's job away from them. That's that's horrible. It's their a lot of these players dreams, like you said, play, pe- people playing in their own backyards, people playing in the cities that they're from. Like you, you there are so many teams over the, across the world and it's growing in Europe and it's getting bigger and there are other teams out there for people, but you need a strong domestic league. You definitely, you, you need one in this environment to, to stay competitive. So I'm not, I, I don't say that as I hope they go under because I don't, I would love for it to change. I think one way you could do it is pressuring sponsors. I think if you pressure sponsors into... We saw Budweiser, they had a statement, which was kind of like a, yeah, we don't like abuse and we don't like that kind of stuff. But we need statements where you're going to lose a sponsor. That's what makes people change their mind. Once you mess with somebody's money, that's when minds change. If if sponsors can start to be like, hey, put pressure on, on the league. Put pressure on the owners who... Are not harboring abusers, or I've not harbored abusers over the last few years. Um, once that gets questioned, once the money gets questioned, that's going to be the biggest change. And I would love to say the players speaking out is going to be the reason that these owners get out of here or are forced to sell. I also know how much you know how much money is coming into the league. It, it doesn't seem realistic. Like the money has to be threatened somehow for these owners to get out of here. So, I, I again, I don't want the NWCLE to fold either. I don't want that to be, man, Tom States, the NWCLE. I don't. I love it. I want the best for it. And the best is making overhaul, making big changes. Yeah.
0: Um, I want to bring up supporter group statements. Mm, okay. Um, The ones that stick out the most to me are uh, Chicago Local 134. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I want to say it's a Louisville group. I don't remember which. let talk about the
2: TIFOs they had or the banners they had up at the Yeah. Night. Um, this was at a USL match last night, a USL match between Louisville City and Detroit, which is a re- pretty energetic match. It's a pretty, you know, exciting match between these two sides, but it, it is on the men's side too, because racing Louisville season is over, but they have, a giant banner saying arrest Holly, which I thought was like, Oh my God, that's, it was amazing to see. I love when supporters do stuff like that. I love when they let their voices be heard and also pressuring their president, the soccer holdings, LLC president pressuring them. Um I, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, I thought that statement was huge in lieu of, you know, if Chicago had a match or if, you know, a, another team had a match, in the next few days, they ha- NWS hasn't played yet, so it's not like these supporter groups ignored it. They've had their own messages, like you said. But I-, I thought that arrest Holly was was inspired. I think that supporters groups doing stuff like that is what having a strong fandom is all about. But yeah, talk about the Chicago statement because I was also really pumped when I read that.
0: Um, I have to pull it up, but so I can read it in its entirety. Okay. If it if my Wi-Fi wants to work. Um, <laughs> it's a big title at the top and bolded all caps. Um Arnum Whistler knew and this isn't new information. Like this is a well-known fact. But just to put it out there again, he fucking knew. No. Yeah. So it's
2: What's at it? least 2014. At least 2014.
0: Yeah. This is really small text. Okay. Um and there's, <laughs> there's the glare on my phone. The report re- released by Sally Yates and the USSF unequivocally proves that Arnim Whistler is unfit to continue in his current role as majority owner of the Chicago Red Stars organization. We find the reported details of Whistler's conduct, especially his dismissal of player complaints about the conduct of former general manager slash head coach Rory Dames, completely unacceptable and irredeemably harmful to not only players, but the club as a whole. In addition, many of the details in the report regarding Whistler directly contradict what he has told us as a group regarding knowledge of Dames' Dame's abuse. As such, Chicago Local 134 has lost all trust in Whistler's ability to provide a safe workplace for players and front office staff. We believe and support the players and staff who have bravely shared their stories of of neglect and abuse from the club and its owner. Until Arnhem divests from the Chicago Red Stars Local 134, 134 will be boycotting all in-person events, including attendance at games, merchandise purchases, and other Red Stars events that directly or indirectly benefit Arnhem Wizard. We recommend that those who have renewed their 2023 tickets demand a full refund. We stand behind Red Stars players and staff, past and present, who are the subject of this abuse and and who continue the fight against enabled abuse and racism that this club has allowed. We also stand with youth players, past and present, of Eclipse, who were taken advantage of and treated as no person deserves to be treated? Support the players. Consider donating the cost of an NWCO, of a ticket to the NWSL Players Association, and/or Black Women's Players Collective instead of financially supporting abusers. Um, as a member of Local One Thirty Four, I endorse that message as well. I, I, I agree um, with everything that was. Um, said in, in that um, I think it's interesting One one thing that I will say though um, oh and Felix agrees says a thousand percent on l134 statement um, why did it take until now and this is for all supporters groups. Um, until the Yates investigation report came out, to, like, be very adamant about your stance. Because I I remember, like, 134's position for Challenge Cup, and then it changed for regular season. Um, And I think same thing with whatever Portland was doing. Um, And this is not a knock on them. This is not a knock on anybody. I'm just curious as to why tonal shift is occurring now. I mean, they have a good reason, but why, why didn't we not stick with, you know, this brand of, we don't trust him. This is what we're going to do. Um, Like, why is it bigger now?
2: Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say the same thing. The first statement and seeing the conversations that went into the first statement, I know that they had like Slack. There's a lot of stuff in the in the Slack for local 134 34 back, before, you know, the Challenge Cup, whenever everything happened in November last year, uh, when everything came out in November last year. I also understand that there are a lot of people in it and a lot of different views at that time because Rory was gone. And at that point, you didn't have an investigation. You had a a news article, which is really well reported, really well done. But I think the gravity at that time was, okay, we have... Part of our people don't want to do a a total ban. Part of our people still want to support the players. I think this was just a tipping point. I think getting now physical evidence, they've gotten evidence from the team, they've interviewed people as much as they can, because I know other investigations are pending. They got a lot more this time. And I think that the way that you support players now is by pushing out the ownership that, it's obvious that players don't <laughs> players don't like players don't want this person owning the team and I uh, I'm glad that supporters now jumped on it and maybe it would have looked premature at the time or maybe just would have hurt the the players this year but I think now that it seems like everybody's on a very similar page minus the players I'm sure they're going to keep going to the playoffs so I haven't heard any murmurs or anything about Sitting out the matches and not yeah. doing anything until these owners are gone. But I, I agree with you completely. At first, I did uh, on, on Brian, and me after that statement was released, we were, we were very like, uh, well, it's not great. I mean, I get it. And, you know, people have different views and stuff, but we didn't like it. Also, we're outsiders. So for us, we're a few like six or seven hours away. So we're like, okay, well, it doesn't impact our day to day. So we get it. I'm just really happy now that it's gotten to this point, or at least for the supporters, not for the information that's come out. That is awful. And a hundred percent unequivocally do not, like they said, unequiv- unequivocally, Arnhem knew this is horrible. I'm happy that the supporters are now at a place where it's like, okay, firm, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm sure there are going to be people who still, will buy tickets if this goes on into next year. Pray to God it doesn't go happen it doesn't go into next season. I'm sure there'll still be people who go to matches. You can't tell everybody what to do. Um but I think a majority of the group is gonna follow suit and I 100 percent support it.
0: Yeah, yeah I just I I don't know. It just I've been trying to handle it in a way where it's like personally I just, I don't know. Being young and and being new to this world, different world of um athletics, um, tonal shifts, all that, it's very interesting to see how everything has, has played out. Um not, I don't know how to, like, at first I was like, I don't know how to react to any of this information. And now, like, a year later, I'm like, fuck you, <laughs>
1: essentially. The thing is, like, this isn't normal though. Like, it is not normal. Age, and
0: like, we shouldn't we shouldn't I, have to to
2: no. figure out
0: how to uh, a way to react.
2: But being a fan, like I, I've been following sports for you know longer than you've been alive, G. Mm-hmm. And it's never been like as you're learning this and it's like new to you and this sports fandom, it's new to just about everybody. In yeah, no, that was I wasn't following that. Yeah. You didn't have this widespread Problem that of abusing players of treating people like less than, and it's it's disgusting. And uh, I, and you're you start to see it now in other sports leagues. You start to see it with like the Browns and Deshaun Watson, who has had a lot of different in the NFL, mm-hmm. a lot of different allegations. What twenty some different allegations against yeah. him that he settled out of court. You're seeing it now uh, just in my own backyard with the Columbus Crew, where the ownership doesn't want political statements, but they hold fundraisers for conservative people who are against every a lot of things that most of their supporters believe in. You're starting to see people push back. And I'm glad that this is coming to light at a time like now, where I think people are a lot more I don't say weaponized isn't guns or anything like that, but weaponized is in they're empowered to go out there and say, no, my purchasing power or my time that I give is important. And you're not going to get it anymore.
0: Yes. Um, I want to bring up something that's literally close to home. I guess I can't really say that as I'm sitting in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, Eclipse, yeah, in yeah, in a cornfield. Yeah, <laughs> in um, a cornfield. Eclipse Soccer Club, which is based um, nearby. Um, majority of people from Illinois that are in the NWSL have played in Eclipse. I just want to put it out there. I'm not going to say who. Again, if you want to figure that out, do your research. I've interviewed people that have been a part of Eclipse. Um, (laughs) Just putting it out there. Um, I didn't ask them about that, putting it out there, because I don't think it's my place to do so. I also am still getting used to interviewing people. That's a thing that I do sometimes, (laughs) I guess. You're very um,
2: modest. Oh, sometimes I sometimes,
0: sometimes I interview,
2: interview players. <laughs>
0: um but I remember um when the first I think the initial reporting about Rory Dames came out, I was talking about it at one of my jobs. I don't have like four jobs anymore. I only have one at the moment. I just want to put that out there. Wow, that's just, crazy. Um, but I, it is, I was talking to one of my coworkers and she said that her sister, um, was a part of Eclipse and, you know, heard about all this stuff about Rory. And I just thought, like, I wonder how many people I know personally or like have yeah. a friend of a friend that had experienced this. Um, and it's just so, it seems fake, I guess is the word I'm gonna use. It just seems like, how could this be real? Like, how could this be happening Mm -hmm. here and nothing has happened? Um, with all that. And by the way, Rory Dames, still owner of Eclipse. That is the thing I that think is his
2: wife became like the head of the organization but yeah, you know. but he,
0: he still owns it. um there's still people from the coaching staff and that were a part of Eclipse that are still on the coaching staff of the red stars. That's also a thing I'm gonna put out there for people listening um, so there's still people that have worked with him and uh, like enabled him and all that that are still working within the red stars. Um, And Eclipse. And why are they still there? Like, what I don't even, it's the goalkeeper coach, right?
2: I have a theory, if you don't mind. <laughs> Can I share? Yes. Um Covering different teams and watching different teams and like going to Louisville and doing matches, I covered some other matches NWSL last year. And what I noticed is that of all the teams, Chicago seemed like the most it seemed like a local team. it seemed like a local club,
0: well there's like in a, Chicago the reasoning for that
2: yeah. yeah all the a lot of the players are local. a lot of the players have been you know for on the team for a very long time. They have a lot of tenure where other n w s l teams pretty good amount of turnover, and um I think it was meant to be that way. It was meant to feel like a local club because Rory had all the control, he was in charge of everything, eclipse up to here. And it's been well documented, too. Whenever players wanted to go to college, whenever players wanted to get ahead or they wanted to play professionally or they wanted to get to you know South Carolina or they wanted to get to North Carolina, they wanted to get to Notre Dame, they had to go through the best team in the city, and that was Eclipse. They had to be in the best youth organization, and that was Eclipse. And I think they wanted it to be like that. Rory wanted it to be his – it felt like Eclipse and Red Stars were – one in the same, pretty much one in the same. You had someone like, uh, you had those allocated players. You had a listener coming in, which is now an outdated term. If you're new to NWSL, Google allocated players. You can learn about it. You had a listener, you had Julie Ertz, you had um, even Mogatro coming over. Like, those aren't local players, but um, everybody else seemed very like Vanessa DiBernardo's played there forever. Like, Danny Colaprico's been there since she got drafted. She's been there forever. Players don't really leave. It's like a, it feels like another way of like a power, a power hold over people. And maybe that changes. Maybe if Arnhem is forced to sell, maybe Chicago becomes a city as world known as the city itself. Maybe they're able to branch out and not feel like a local club. Maybe they'll feel like, you know, that bigger organization because on the field, Every year they seem to make the playoffs. They're competing all the time. They always have a strong team, but it never feels like it's anything outside of Chicago, you know. So I, not really my theory. It's it's the idea that it's just an expansion of of Rory and what he's wanted to do in this club. I mean, he's been coaching it before NWSL was even a thing. He's been the Red Stars coach since Red Stars started. So I. I'm excited for the future. Hopefully, without Arnhem as the ownership and what this team can do.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: <sighs> um,
0: my favorite thing to look at when the the people that have the sign up for the the NWSL draft is seeing what club they're a part of when they're from Illinois. Um, nine times out of ten, it's Eclipse.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely.
0: Um, there's some team Chicago's and and uh, Galaxy and. Oh, what are some other good ones? I can't even think of them. What do I think of first? Eclipse, obviously. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. um, There's... I, I wish I could give a number of how many Eclipse players are on the Red Stars. I want to say, like, probably seven is what I'm going to go with. More mm. than seven, less than seven.
2: Someone um, check that. Felix go check it.
0: Felix. <laughs> uh, Felix also said... Gianna knows about the scandal of the Blackhawks recently. I'm not talking about the Blackhawks. Uh, Fuck the Blackhawks. Um, <laughs> I'm a Seattle Kraken fan. Rooting for the expansion team. Because I don't really like hockey as much. Um. So. And it's just, like, the Blackhawks, like... What a terrible name and a terrible logo. Um, yeah. Moving on.
2: How about the team statements? Do you want to wrap up with the team statements and talk about those?
1: What else we got? Hmm. There's a lot of things going on in Nebraska right now. So many.
2: So, so Such a, a studious way to decide what to do next. Instead of off the cuff, you're like, no, I'm a college student. I'm going to research what we should do next. No. Okay. Can
0: you imagine? Um, I got a better one. Instead of team statements. Um, three things you want to see happen in the next five months.
2: Mm. Okay. Oh, on the spot. Uh, this is not planned, but I like it. I like it. First thing, um, I'll put Arnhem and Mara Paulson in the same thing. I think both of them have to both of them have to go. They have mm, to be out. Too. Um,
0: like James I would like to see big, still has a job.
2: I would like to see big changes in their front office. Yeah. I, I don't know if soccer holdings themselves they seem like there's more of a hierarchy there than say Portland, which is bear Paulson and Chicago, which is Arnold Whistler soccer holdings is two teams. It's a lot of people, the organization, at least from what I've seen outside of their horrible coaching decision that they made last year. Um, I've even people working in there. They seem to keep people. They don't have high turnover from what I've noticed from folks that I've talked with that have worked with the team. Um, I'm willing to give that the benefit of the doubt if if they can do the second thing. The NWSL goes through and has a rigorous anti-harassment policy, HR support, and ownership policy where there has to be some solid way to get owners out of the league. I think that's the second one. There has to be some way to keep these folks accountable because money should not be an absolver of all wrongdoing, in my opinion and um third oh jeez third i think that the benefits for players need to go up big time they need to get paid more i think they need to be up there um if you're serious about this league put put your money into your biggest investment which is your players so i think those are my three so get rid of the two owners have a more rich, enriched uh, weight that owners can get in trouble for what they do, and the NWSL needs to have some like um, adult, <laughs> adult <laughs> requirements to own a team and not treat humans like garbage. And then the third one is uh, continue the improvements for players in terms of pay and benefits. My number one is the
0: same, um, but also taking uh making the owner at Gotham, one of the owners, um, sell his shares because he was a part of hiring Holly at Sky Blue. Um I to, could go on about
2: Gotham for a very long time and I've yeah. said this um Brian me at nauseam, but it is basically it's the same owners at Sky Blue. It's the same folks that let that team go to Squalor. They yeah. they slap the new logo on it and now you're starting to see the fibers come loose. Um, so I, I, I like that. I agree with you.
0: That's a good one. Um, and like new FO with the courage and also like Steve Malik and getting rid of him. Um, mm. total turnover and Jill Ellis putting all the bad people get the hell out of here. That's my number one. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to say.
2: Get out of here.
0: I hope I don't get in trouble tomorrow at practice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a, is, a, is a Nebraska coach gonna listen to this?
0: I don't they I know they looked at my social media before I got hired.
2: Which I don't even know if I should be saying a lecture.
0: <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble.
2: <laughs> well they're, you're allowed to do due diligence when you hire somebody. If it's public, it's allowed to be looked at.
0: I, hope, I don't, your language? That's like
2: keep your keep your accounts private, folks, if you don't want anybody to see them. 'em I'm and a public figure, no, somewhere, I'm kidding. Once you put a once you get a job somewhere, this is uh, work life advice from your pal Thomas. Okay. Um, don't put your company you work for in your bio because then it, you look like a representative of that company. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't put where I work in my bio, but it's also not a sports thing that I'm in. So you anyway, for
0: band fan, uh, band <laughs> incorporated. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm the grandpa of the band fan. No, that's Brian Lenoir. He's the grandpa of the band fan. I love you, Brian.
0: Um, my second thing, see, I like coming up with things on the spot and then I don't know how to answer them. The second thing I would like to see within five months is, um, a more cohesive, um, cohesive like document of anti-harassment, um, like all those different things, no loopholes definitive um things that you can get in trouble for written down like anti-harassment policy that's a new thing um but there's still like loopholes with that so having that written better um and i think the final thing that i would like to see is um i mean i i agree with i don't want to like steal all your points so I'm gonna come up with something. You new. take him. No, I'm gonna oh, come up with something new.
2: Not a Nebraska expansion team,
0: please. Yeah,
2: like that would,
0: <laughs> like that would do well. Um, I think having one thing that I had seen recently is Chicago local 134 did bystander training, and mm. so having a day or maybe a week. Where, um, you have like a, like a conference for like a in-person conference paid for by the league, um, in one place where, you know, all these players, coaches, um, front office staff of the teams, um, can participate in like different trainings and, um, lectures going through, um, the policies. And um, taking questions or even like making revisions. Um, that way everyone can work together to make sure that everything is going smoothly. Um, because I feel like if you, if you don't have everyone on the same page, you're kind of SOL. So having some sort of conference where you can actively learn and um, set up different things. I think that would work out really well.
1: Yeah. I like that. I like that.
0: So we're done, but you have to, um, well, I guess if we treat this like a, uh, we're going to treat this last part for a conversation o'clock. Sh- who do you shout outs? Who do you want to shout out?
2: Shout <coughs> I, um, want to shout out you for having me on here uh that that was not a setup for for you to get the cred but mm-hmm. um i hope you accept it uh women's sports matter it's been awesome being um just watching it and listening to it but being on here just uh, have this conversation i'm honored to that you want to talk to me about it in the live platform um and also all the great stuff in your podcast empire which is really great i want to shout out um my, my good pal Bryant, we haven't recorded in a few weeks because he's been out of town and I've been busy and stuff. Um, so that's been, um, that's been tough not recording with him, but, um, tonight was really important. I'm glad we we're able to do it. Gee. And then also I want to shout out, um, uh, college basketball starting soon. And I'm really excited about the basketball season. I'm really excited about the beginning of college basketball because, um, I think just like the passion and stuff. And um I'm ready for soccer to be over with on all fronts. <laughs> on
0: I'm not ready fronts. for soccer to be over.
2: Well, Nebraska still has some games to play, but really I'm ready for MLS and NWSL. And I'm ready for professional soccer to be over so I can focus wholly on City? on basketball. Um, I'll still watch Liverpool and stuff, but Liverpool women, especially. Okay. <laughs> I've got a couple of scars back there, but yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to do shout-outs. I usually don't do shout-outs. Because usually other times it's worth other people to shine. But I'm the host, so I can do what I want. Um, oh, yeah. First of all, I want to shout-out Thomas Costello for being on my show.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is not planned. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> um...
2: I think you froze. Maybe I'm you froze. Oh, okay. I did. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> I probably have better reception in Columbus, Ohio than you have in,
0: like Nebraska.
2: in Nebraska. Okay, whatever, yeah. Thomas.
0: Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of shots. Shots to Thomas. Thanks for being on here and talking with mm-hmm. me and listening to me, um, talk shit about Arnhem. Um, second, uh, shout out to all the people that want to make change in the nwsl people that are like me um up and comers in the women's sports world or even just sports world in general that even after seeing all this shit you still want to be a part of it um that takes a lot and please keep working at it you know um even with all the stuff that's going on like it it matters what what it comes down to is um, believing in protecting the players, which is kind of why I still want to work in this league one day. Um, and then that goes on to my next part of shout out to every single player that has either supported their teammate or has reported this stuff um, and had and is courageous enough to talk about it publicly or maybe off the record. That takes so much to do that, and we appreciate your honesty and bravery for, for doing that because it, it really takes a lot. Um, yeah. the like the stuff in the investigation would not be available if it wasn't for the players and the staff that experienced this stuff. Um, so shout out to you all. And finally, last but not least, shout out to everyone that listened tonight, watched tonight, um, for staying this long Felix. and
2: thanks Felix yeah thanks Felix <laughs> no just for the comments and the questions I, I the, the
0: five comments um
2: Felix is a great person
0: yes uh so shout out to all the people that you know watched tonight and were commenting just Felix um he's the only <laughs> one that comes but yeah Thomas where can the people follow you on social media
2: yeah um um at the number one, one, Thomas Costello, T-H-O-M-A-S-T-O-S-T-E-L-L-O. I'm writing uh, about Ohio State Women's College basketball because it's the closest team to me. Um, so I cover all the games, all that good stuff. I'm really excited about that. Doing player previews on everything. Um, on every player on the roster will give a player preview, um, at, um, Land Grant 33 or Land Grant Holy Lay, a part of Espionation. Um, so doing that also at Bryant and me. Brian and Me is a ridiculous podcast that you really shouldn't listen to, but we're, we have fun and we enjoy each other's company, which is, um, hard to find these days. So, um, we can do that also. And that's on Instagram and Twitter at Brian and Me and at one Thomas Costello. I'm at both of those.
0: Awesome. And I was also, you? I, I've been on Brian and me before. So if you don't want to listen to Brian, and yeah. me, you want to listen to me.
2: You got to pass Robbie and 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 guess. I I think you need one or two more, and you can pass him.
0: One or two more?
2: Damn. Damn. (laughs) Like, forget that. Never
1: mind. (laughs) Um.
0: Now it's time for my least favorite part of the episode, which is me doing my outro. That's what I call it. My least favorite part. I gotta gather myself, get rid of all the negative thoughts about Arnim because he's an asshole. Just gonna put that out there one more time.
1: Positivity, 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 positivity.
0: If you want to follow me on social media, guess what? You can. I am on four different platforms on Twitter. It is at WSportsMatter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, it's WomenSportsMatter. It's so easy because it's the name of the show. Hmm. So you should follow. Obviously. I
1: do. On all of them. Not Thank you. I'll have a Facebook.
0: And if you want to watch this episode again or other episodes or other content, subscribe to Women's Sports Matter on YouTube. Again, name of the show. Super easy. Subscribe. There you go. Bunch of resources that are not currently linked down below but they will be in the future. Um <laughs> there's only one thing right now in the description on YouTube and it's about restream and I never edited that. So, it'll be there in the future. Register to vote. NAMI, find a vaccine. Um, all the links to players associations of women women's major sports leagues in the United States. Super easy. All of that's linked down below. Um, I would say, hey, did you see the NWSL player series that I did recently? Um, if you want to listen to those, go ahead. Um, they don't talk about anything that just happened because all those interviews took place in September. Um although I would like to say Tegan McGrady did talk about um her experience being traded twice, two different situations. So that was really interesting and talked a little bit about um Steve Baldwin in that situation. But just like a tiny bit. Um what else is there? More than five percent. Don't touch my jersey. Links to follow those down below. Again, aim of the show. Super easy. Type it in. Do it. So easy. My
1: goodness. I always forget what to put in my outro.
0: I don't know what next week's show is going to be. I wish I could do a preview of that. I don't know. Maybe it's an interview I already filmed. Maybe it's me saying words for 30 minutes. We don't know. I'm going to do a self, uh, a promotional plug for myself, um, which I never do. Um, But I'm going to do it now. I'm hosting a new podcast that's not sports related for school. So, if you want to hear. No. If you want to hear about what it is like to be a transfer student at a big school, Mm
2: -hmm. make sure
0: to listen to episodes every other Friday starting I guess last Friday by the time this episode is out for podcasts um on on Tuesday. A Transfer Students Guide to Make Nebraska Feel Like Home. This is by me. It's a very long title, I'm so sorry. Um but the reason it's it's called that is because there uh the song, there's no place like Nebraska. So I'm doing it the the little like
2: I've never heard that song.
0: Okay. That's okay. Um and I miss my my I miss my home. So the transfer students guides make Nebraska feel like home. That's it for me. And that's it for Thomas. We're gonna go. We're gonna end the live. We're gonna talk amongst ourselves. I'm okay. gonna do some homework. Um
1: I'm gonna eat some chips.
0: Oh, and I'm gonna eat a late dinner. And
1: okay.
0: yeah, we appreciate everyone that has stayed this long watching. Um, to the those few out there, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we're going to go. So that's it for me. Thank you so much Bye. for listening to another episode of Women's Sports Matter. Again, I'm your host, Janibel Castro. That is Thomas Costello. We're going to leave. That's all, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.